0: On the show, they bring together the best and brightest minds to share with you how to have a more confident financial picture. They empower listeners with simple, common sense, and financial wisdom. And now, here are your hosts from LPF Advisors.
1: Good morning, everybody. I want to welcome you all to the Confident Retirement Podcast brought to you by LPF Advisors. I'm your host, Chris Fleming, here as always. And today I have the distinct honor of welcoming Halel Presser on the podcast. His self-named law office based in Boca Raton, Florida, specializes in helping businesses and individuals establish comprehensive asset protection plans. He's been featured in newspapers, magazines, on radio and television networks. Halel also authored several books and articles on asset protection laws. Thank you for being here and welcome to the show.
2: Thank you so much for having me.
1: Yeah, we're going to have a good time. So I want to learn a little bit about your history. So take me through a a brief summary of what led you to where you are today.
2: Sure. So as far back as I can remember, if you would have asked me, you know, when I was 10 years old, what I was going to be. Uh, I probably would have said a lawyer. I always wanted to be a lawyer. Yeah, (laughs) And it probably had something to do with the fact that uh, at that point, I was very close with my uncle, who was a big personal injury attorney. So Mm. probably the opposite of what we do. And if you asked me back then, I probably would have told you I was going to be a personal injury attorney. And as I grew up, uh, and I and I did all my schooling, you know, heading towards law school, um, my whole life I loved business. And one day, you know, I met someone who was an asset protection attorney, and I never even in my life heard of an asset protection attorney. You know, there's a thousand uh, criminal attorneys in every city, a thousand real estate attorneys in every city. There may be five or ten asset protection attorneys in the whole country that we even compete with. So when I heard about asset protection, to me, it was the perfect marriage of business and law. And I said, instead of being one of these lawyers you know, who are out there trying to take people's money, I thought it'd be pretty neat to be one of the lawyers that actually help you protect what you've worked so hard for. So for me, it was A, the perfect marriage of business and law, and B, to be able to help people protect take the chips off the table that they worked so hard for, to me, it was a no-brainer. And it's funny because I, I, I tell people that I am the lawyer that hates lawyers.
1: I like that. Yeah. So how did you go about choosing your firm's like main focus and service offerings? How did you come to that conclusion? Like, here's what we're going to focus on. This is what we're going to do.
2: Sure. So every single person is worried about growth. Whether it's a school teacher who's worried about saving up for retirement, whether it's a business owner, and it's never going to be enough, and they want to grow, grow, grow. But nobody ever stops to think about preservation of principle. And there's only one thing worse than not making money or breaking even, and that's losing money. So I thought it would be a really nice special niche to help people who have worked their entire lives, whether that means they have $25,000 in the bank. Or $25 million in the bank. I thought it'd be pretty nice to help those people take those chips off the table. Now, whether it's because they want to retire, live a better life, give their kids the things they haven't had, you know, donate to charity, I wanted to put them in the driver's seat where some frivolous lawsuit maybe that they didn't even do. Uh, maybe one of their employees uh, allegedly did something or one of their children got in a car accident driving their car, but I wanted to take the chips off the table that they worked so hard for. So it's really nice and it's a passion of mine and, and it feels great when you can really help make someone you know, uncollectible and judgment proof.
1: So I know you've been in business for quite a while. I'm curious if you could go back in time and tell that younger you, something you could give that that younger you some advice what do you think it would be
2: you know there's a lot of things i you know if we could turn back the clock and and say but you know really it's just you know i think we've done a good job of just my my goal has always been help as many people as you can and educate as many people as you can and if you help as many people as you can and if you educate as many people as you can the business will come. So, you know, don't so much worry about the marketing. Don't so much worry about getting the business. Educate people, help people. The business will come.
1: Yeah, I think it said if you if you help others, then that that's going to in the long run will help will help you. That'll work out. That should be the focus. Absolutely. Okay. So, I'm curious, what what do you like best about your practice right now? What sure. are you liking the best?
2: I like best the people that I get to deal with. And and, and when I say people, that starts with, you know, my staff. Um, You know, we have a fantastic group of people, you know, from the receptionist who I don't call a receptionist. I call a director of first impressions because that's the the first uh, voice or or face that that a potential client sees. Mm -hmm. And whether it's her, whether it's uh, assistants, whether it's attorneys, directors of operations, you know, I love the people that I work with. Um, It really is like a family here. So I enjoy getting up every morning. I enjoy coming to work. I enjoy the camaraderie. Um, I also love dealing with the clients, and and I thank them because you know, I think they teach me as much as I teach them. But I love dealing with the clients, I love the personal relationships. Um, we deal mostly, you know, with a lot of business owners, a lot of retirees, but but really it's anyone who just doesn't want to lose what they worked so hard for. So whether it's forming that bond with the retired school teacher, whether it's you know helping the business owner on his journey from you know X to, to 10X. I just love the people interaction. Um, I also really like the architecture. So I love sitting down, looking at all the facts, and architecting a case. To me, it's like a puzzle and putting all the right pieces in the right places.
1: Yeah, it's almost like a chess match, not with the client, but yeah, you're trying to think of the moves. I think of that too, and in, in what I do, where it's a puzzle that needs to be solved, and the puzzles always solved differently for different persons based on their circumstances, but. Um, Helping them see that solution at the end is so satisfying. Absolutely. Yeah. So on the flip side of that, what areas of your practice do you find to be the most challenging?
2: You know, the most challenging is probably people getting in the way of themselves. And, you know, we talked about at the beginning how, you know, this type of practice, asset protection is really such a niche. And people say, oh, that must be a good thing. It's a niche. But it can also be a bad thing and the reason being is that a lot of times people don't know about asset protection until it's too late you know they get a judgment against them they get sued and now all of a sudden they're googling you know how do i protect my assets and at that point it may be too late So, you know, it's a challenge and and that's why one of our goals, you know, that's why, you know, I write all the books. That's why I do all the, the, the speaking presentations each year. Um, my goal is educate as many people as possible because you really want to be proactive. No different than anything else. You know, you don't buy the car insurance after the accident and you don't buy the life insurance after the death. And no difference here. You want to make sure that you're proactive. And like anything, right, people don't like to spend money unless they need to, which, believe me, I'm the same way, and I totally understand. So someone who may even know about it may say, well do I really need that? Am I going to be sued? And, and the answer is, we just don't know, right? If we do the planning, we probably never get sued. And if we don't do the planning, we probably do get sued. That's just the way the world works. Right. So I, I think people, unfortunately, get in their own way. Um, and sometimes you just got to get out of the way and, and and let things happen.
1: Yeah, yeah. And that's a that's a good segue. So broadly defined, what is asset protection so maybe we don't have people that really know what that means or get it or maybe they don't think they have enough money to do it so broadly what is it
2: sure so first the the long boring legal definition which is you know (laughs) asset protection is essentially the legal process of titling both your personal and business assets to put them beyond the reach of future potential threats and creditors and liabilities. So in layman's terms, you know what we do as asset protection attorneys is we want to make it so difficult, so expensive, if not impossible, for anybody to collect against you that they don't want to sue you in the first place. We don't want our clients to be the low-hanging fruit. So our clients have worked very, very hard but one lawsuit, one car accident, one divorce, one breach of contract, one slip and fall could take everything away from them. So we wanna help make them uncollectible and judgment proof. And, you know, asset protection is not only for the ultra wealthy. In in fact, I can argue the less you have, the more important it is. Um, Like I said, we represent, you know, retired school teachers. We represent business owners. We represent billionaires. We represent, you know, 30 or 40 professional athletes and everywhere in between. But think about it. You know, take one of our professional athlete clients that signs a $40 million deal. Well, if they get sued for $5 million, they're not happy but they still have $35 million left. Take the school teacher who saved up $300,000 over her career. She gets sued for a million dollars. She's wiped out. It's catastrophic. So the less you have, the more important it becomes. Now, obviously, we're not going to use the same techniques and tactics for someone who has 300000 For someone who has 3 million or 30 million or 300 million and you just need to find the right fit so there's nothing cookie cutter everything needs to be individualized customized and tailored for the client because everybody's assets are different and everybody's potential threats and creditors and liabilities are different okay so
1: the simply put i guess what would you say is the reason why people need to do it? I mean, you shared with some of those reasons just now, but if you were gonna give a defining point on, you know, this is the reason that you should consider doing it, what would that be?
2: You know, unfortunately we live in a very litigious society. Lawsuits have literally become the next biggest business. I would have to check the stats, but I think it's something like there's over 100 million lawsuits every single year, and that number is only growing. Um, You can tell by the billboards and the radios and the TV commercials. I think that uh, last time I checked, it was something like there's a one in four chance you'll be sued in the next 12 months. Uh, And the average person or business is sued about five times over their lifetime. So it's probably inevitable that at some point you're going to be sued or you're going to be threatened to be sued. And no different than having car insurance or health insurance or life insurance. You know, you worked hard for whatever the assets are that you have, and you want to make sure you're protected. So I'm a very conservative person. And again, it's one thing if I don't make that much money, I'm okay with that. I can live with that. But I don't want to lose what I worked so hard for. I don't want to start over
1: why is why is it that in the united states that is so rampant i mean not to get into the weeds but i think other countries have what's the term tort reform or something like that or what but why is it so rampant in the us
2: yeah i mean every country is different but the us makes it so easy to sue anyone you want so literally for free you can hire an attorney because they take your case on a contingency fee yeah. and it costs you nothing right now that attorney taking your case knows that it's going to cost you ten, twenty, a hundred thousand, a million dollars just to defend your case. So they can force a settlement, even if there's no liability, just because based on a cost-benefit analysis, it would cost the person they're suing more money to even try and defend themselves than just to pay a quick five or ten thousand dollars. Now the lawyer, if he wins. Normally takes about a third, sometimes forty percent. So lawyer sues and he negotiates a quick hundred thousand dollar settlement. Well, the lawyer gets thirty three thousand or forty thousand plus or minus, you know, for probably not doing much work. Um, Also, if the lawyer loses and the person suing loses, in most cases, unless it's stated by contract or statute, they don't even have to pay your attorney's fees. So I can literally sue you right now and say, you know what, you looked at me wrong. Uh, to me that sounds like intentional infliction of emotional distress uh, i can't speak anymore i sue you for 100 million dollars you want to settle now for uh, you know lunch and 500 bucks well if the answer is no it's going to cost you 10 20 30 40 50,000 just to win the case so unfortunately it puts the people suing in a very easy and pretty much free position with nothing to lose and the person that you're suing I mean, they're forced to either defend the lawsuit or settle.
1: Yeah, the consequences of suing and not working out aren't really aren't there. So it's like a worry-free proposition.
2: Yeah, and in other countries, you have to post a bond in order to sue. So if you want to sue, you have to post a bond, and I love yeah, it because right. then if you lose, you have to pay the other side. Right. Uh, you know, so it, unfortunately, lawsuits. Which don't get me wrong, I'm not saying they're never needed. That's not right. what I'm saying. Right. Right. I'm just saying, unfortunately, they've become a business and a big business.
1: Yeah. And it's probably unlikely that that would ever be reformed anytime soon. What's your, what do you think about that? I'm just asking your opinion.
2: Yeah. Good luck. And, uh, you know, you got the insurance company. I mean, uh, yeah. good luck, you know? Yeah. Well, that's
1: good for you because then people need the asset protection, right? Because more lawsuits every year, right? For yeah. any reason.
2: I mean, look, yeah, you could say it's good for me, but I'd rather live in a harmonious society where yeah. we all can do it and you know, right. I'll find something else to do. I'll find another way to help people. <laughs>
1: right, right. Okay, so I think you touched on this, but some unintended consequences of not doing asset protection. I mean, obviously, you're you're out there, you know, swimming without a suit on. But just broadly speaking, what are what are some of the negative things that you've seen from people not taking proactive action for asset protection?
2: You know, they lose everything. They lose things they didn't even know they had, and they lose it when it's not even their fault. Mm. So, you know, when you ask somebody what they have and you tell them to inventory their wealth, you know, what do they think of? They think of the money. They think of their house, maybe their business. Well, if someone owes you $100,000, that's an asset. If you have an inheritance, that's an asset. What about your intellectual property, like your phone number or your domain name? If that started to point to the competitor, you'd be in trouble. So first thing I always make a client do when they come into my office is inventory their wealth, because people always have so much more than they think they do. Um, So you really need to know, you know, what you have. Number two is, you know, people don't realize that they don't have to do something in order to be sued. You know, if your daughter drives your car and gets in a car accident, you get sued because it's your car. Or if someone slips and falls on your property while you're away for a three-week vacation, you get sued because it's your property. If your employee does something that he or she shouldn't have, you get sued because it's your employee. So it's one thing if we do something ourselves, but it's another thing where other people or other assets and properties and businesses can cause liability even without us. So while we're sitting here having this conversation, something can happen that we have nothing to do with and one of us gets sued.
1: That's a good point. I like how, I like how you say that. And people don't think about it that way. They just think about the stuff that they have. Okay, Correct. so let's switch gears a little bit. What are some of the international components of asset protection? Um, so not, not like to go into the weeds about what they are and how they work, but just why those are maybe a little bit different than domestic things that you can do.
2: So domestic simply just means inside the United States. And international means outside the United States. And you see international domestic asset protection is used the majority of the time. You know, you see international asset protection planning used if someone has a lot of liquid assets and they do it for more or added protection. And the reason why international asset protection gives you more protection is the entity is most likely outside the United States. So it's not subject to you know U.S. courts or U.S. jurisdiction or U.S. judges and then more than likely the asset itself is also outside of the United States. So it's not subject to US courts or US jurisdiction or US judges. So when someone puts together an international asset protection plan, it makes it much more difficult, much more expensive for someone to try and collect against that person, than it would domestically. Now, again, I, I wouldn't say that's the common individual. That's for someone who maybe has sold a business, uh, maybe someone who's inherited money. That's for someone who has a lot of liquid assets. If you're talking just a couple hundred thousand dollars, we're not even thinking about international. You know, if someone has a couple million dollars, you know, then we're at least discussing it.
1: It's something that's going to come up in the discussion. Okay. So I'm curious, without sharing any confidential info or details, can you give us like a high level example of a situation where you totally changed the trajectory of a client's situation from when they came in to, you know, when you were done working with them?
2: Yeah. I mean, I I could go on and on, but I'll I'll give you one or two quick ones. We had a client and they were suing somebody and thought they had a great case, uh, was going to win a lot of money. Well, lawsuits take years, you know, things go up, things go down, judges change, juries change, laws change. And, you know, at the end of the day, all you're sure about is that you're unsure. Well, to make a long story short, fast forward years later, the case took a total reversal. And the case where the client thought they were going to win an absurd amount of money was now looking at like they were going to lose about a $20 million, we were, able to, we were able to help that client, you know, in conjunction with other things, negotiate uh, a very inexpensive settlement, uh, maybe it was 250000 plus or minus, um, as opposed to losing a $20 million lawsuit. Now, the only reason we were able to help that client negotiate was because we were able to help them tell the other side that they were uncollectible, that they were judgment proof. So here's a client who thinks they're going to win a case for mega, mega bucks. The case turns around, all of a sudden they're gonna lose 20 million, and we end up helping them settle for 250,000. Now, they obviously weren't happy writing a check. They thought they were gonna win money, but it was a lot better than losing $20 million. There was another client that I could think of who had, I think it was about a $5 million judgment, not even a lawsuit, a judgment against them. And uh, we were able, based on their asset protection plan, to help them negotiate out for about 500,000. So asset protection doesn't mean you'll never spend a penny. You know, asset protection doesn't mean you'll never write a check, but you know, if I can get you not to be the low hanging fruit, if I can save you from being sued, even just once, well, right there, we've saved tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars in legal fees. And if someone does sue you, you know, if it's a legitimate claim, if we can help settle for five, 10 cents on the dollar, to me, that's a victory.
1: Yeah, and that's the perspective that you have to look at it for sure. Okay, let's switch gears here. I want to ask you what would you say is your biggest life accomplishment so far? So, this could be personally or professionally or both.
2: Sure. I mean, I'd have to go, you know, on the personal side, certainly just, you know, being married to to a great wife. Um, I have two unbelievable uh, sons one's about six years old uh, one's about uh, one year old um, so I'm definitely I'm definitely busy at home but yeah uh,
1: you're yeah, in it <laughs> yeah my my,
2: great, my my greatest joy is is spending time with the family and uh, just very very lucky to to have that
1: great fantastic and outside of your practice um, is there something that you're passionate about personally a
2: cause you know,
1: uh, an, an idea or
2: so I mean, I'm passionate about a lot of things. I'm I'm am a passionate guy. I, I can I tell. That. <laughs> I have that entrepreneur, I have that entrepreneurial uh, uh, spirit. I think I was the first student ever uh, to graduate from Syracuse University uh, with a sole major in entrepreneurialism. You know, they said to me, okay, but what's your minor, you know, marketing or accounting? And I said, no, I don't need a minor. And they looked at me like I was crazy, like I had two heads. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I work a lot. Um, we help a lot of people, you know, so between business and, and personal and family, you know, there's not a lot of free time, yep. but you know I, I love music, really, really love music. Don't don't pay any instruments, or certainly not well, but just love all types of music uh, in general. You know I like movies, um, I like going out to eat, um, really just spending time with with family and friends. Um, my mother unfortunately passed away um, very early from uh, Alzheimer's, so you know that's something that uh, of course is is close to my heart. But really just trying to enjoy the now. You know tomorrow's not promised and you know, you want to go out and enjoy every day and and help as many people and and live life to the fullest.
1: Yeah, it's it sounds like you're very similar to me where you're into uh, experiences that you can have, because I think that's the stuff that people always remember, you know, remember when we did this or remember when we did that. It's not the stuff that they had or owned or the things. It's the experiences. That's great. Yeah, I
2: Yeah, I'm also involved with a bunch of different, you know, peer to peer groups, uh, which I love, you know, uh, mostly business related, others, Mm -hmm. you know, life related. But, Mm -hmm. you know, we really get together once a month or once every two months, you know, with the same group of guys, you know, trusted guys. And, you know, you can help each other with personal or business issues. You can learn from each other. And and I really enjoy that as well.
1: All right. So let's go back to um, talking a little bit about the business. What do you see? looking into the future as being your biggest opportunity for the future of your practice?
2: Really just, you know, helping more people and helping more people by letting more people know that we exist. So, you know, you can have a car that flies, but if no one knows you have it, it really means nothing. So, you know, my goal for 2022 is to help double the amount of people that we helped in 2021. And it's very straightforward. It's very black and white. Um, So, you know, we're always looking to grow. We're always looking to help more people um, and, you know, really just educate more people on asset protection. Because like I said, a lot of people have never even heard of asset protection. And if they did, a lot of times it's just too late.
1: Or they don't really get what it means or they don't think it applies to them.
2: Right. Yeah. You know, also probably one of the biggest misconceptions is kind of that difference between asset protection, and estate planning. Mm
1: -hmm. So why don't you talk about that? Why don't you talk about that?
2: So, you know, every day I get a call, probably a few calls or emails that say, oh, well, you know, I've done my estate planning. I have a trust. So I'm protected. And and the answer is absolutely not. You have 0% protection. And that is the biggest misconception that I see every day, all day. So, Estate planning, and to be simple, deals with death, and asset protection, to be simple, deals with life. So estate planning, and when people think of estate planning, they think of like wills and trusts. Well, think about what that is. Estate planning is when you die, where do you want the assets to go? And I think it's really, really important. Everybody should have an estate plan, but that gives you 0% asset protection. If you put a will and trust together and you put all your assets in a trust and you get sued, that trust, that revocable living trust is not protected. So you have 0% asset protection. Asset protection deals with life. How do I protect what I have while I'm alive? So asset protection is how do I protect what I have while I'm alive? Estate planning is, hey, when I die, how do I get my assets to go where you want them to go? And they are two very, very totally different, distinct avenues. Now, with that being said, I always make sure I integrate them both. So I always want to take the asset protection and I always want to take the estate planning and I want to marry it together. So while someone's alive, everything's protected, but when they pass away, everything goes where they want it to go, quickly, privately, less taxes and less lawyer fees.
1: Yeah, you would still incorporate the, the estate planning concepts into it. Um, but that's, yeah, a, that's and, a good distinction of the difference between.
2: Yeah, and, and not just estate planning, you know, tax planning, mm-hmm. business succession planning, mm-hmm. financial planning. You know, at the end of the day, it's really important to have one fully integrated plan because, look, there's no sense in protecting your assets from a lawsuit if they don't go where you want them to go when you die. And there's no point in uh, having your assets go where you want them to go when you die if half of them goes to the government and taxes. So each area is really important on its own. And then you need to make sure that it's integrated all together.
1: All right, so what do you think is, I asked you about your biggest opportunity. What do you think is the biggest challenge facing the business heading into the new year? So you said you wanted, you know, double the amount of people that you help. so maybe how you think how are you going to go about doing that, or maybe there's another big challenge that you think the business is facing.
2: Um, I think there's internal and external challenges. So you know, internally, um, my toughest thing as a business owner has always been to hire people. Mm. Um, you know, I'd like to hire as, as many great people as possible, and I'm of the believer does I don't need to be hiring if someone knocks on my door today and they're a great person and a great employee. Let's find a job for that person. But you know it, it's very tough in today's day to hire. Um, and I don't know if that's you know people got used to being at home from COVID and don't want to work or want to retire or you know value their personal time more. and that's okay. I don't know if it's government assistance. Uh, I don't know what the reason is, but for whatever reason, it is much tougher to hire someone now than it has been in the past. So from an internal perspective, it's getting good people. And I don't want average people, I want good and great people, uh, you know, in the firm that can help more people. Um, Externally, you know, I think two different things. Number one is, you know, again, people don't know that asset protection attorneys exist, again, sometime until it's too late. And number two, externally, Competition and it's not real competition. Um, you have a lot of people who do other things, uh, like maybe they're an estate planning attorney, but they claim they do asset protection, or maybe they're a real estate attorney and they claim they do asset protection. Well, in their mind, asset protection is, is an LLC here or there. I mean, you know, we are asset protection attorneys, we do nothing all day. But asset protection. We speak to five or 10 people or more every day and do nothing but protect, protect their personal and business assets. We've helped thousands of people. So there's a lot of people who may say they do it, but they're really not practicing it, you know, every day or every week or even every month or every year. Okay.
1: And if if people wanted to learn more about you or contact you, what's what do you, what's the best way to do that?
2: So they can go to our website, which is www.assetprotectionattorneys.com. Again, that's www.assetprotectionattorneys.com. And as long as they mention your show, Chris, um, I'm happy to send them complimentary copies um, of the latest books that we wrote on asset protection. No charge. That way they can educate themselves. And if they'd like to have a complimentary preliminary consultation, we'd be happy to speak to them as well. No charge, as long as they mention that they came from you.
1: All right, great. So Halal, I want to thank you for taking the time to be here with me today. This is very insightful. Lots of really good information. It's really been a true pleasure. And I'd like to thank everyone for tuning in, for watching and listening today. The Confident Retirement Podcast brought to you by LPF Advisors, where we are raising the retirement confidence of everyday people, one show at a time. Thanks everybody for tuning in, watching and listening. We'll see you next time. Take care and be well.
0: You've been listening to the Confident Retirement Podcast with Chris and Mark from LPF Advisors. For more information on them and retiring confidently, please visit lpfadvisors.com. If your ears are pleased and your mind is now at ease, do share the program with your friends and subscribe wherever podcasts are found.